Pre-COVID, Manitoba's film and television industry was booming. Ian Dimmerman of Inferno Pictures is hoping to get some of that momentum back with the opening of Big Sky Studios later this year, a full-service production hub located on nine acres that was formerly the headquarters of fashion mogul Peter Nygaard. Dimmerman, who's in the midst of production on forthcoming CBC and BET Plus series, The Porter in Winnipeg, joined Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, to talk about what he terms his love letter to the industry, which he hopes will cement Manitoba's future as a production centre. My name is Ian Dimmerman. I am the president of Inferno Pictures, based in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and uh, we are a company that develops, produces, co-produce, and service-produce film and television projects. I started my career in this industry as a banker to the industry, based in Toronto, where I ran a film and television financing division for a major Canadian bank. Ultimately, my, my life took me back to Winnipeg about 15 years ago, where I partnered with a local filmmaker named Brendan Zawatsky and joined his company, what was called Inferno Pictures. And uh, together we started really growing our business into, I guess, what is considered one of the larger uh, film and television production companies um, in Manitoba. So let's start by talking about Winnipeg and what's been happening there in terms of film industry activity and its growth over the last few years. The growth has been exponential um, in production. I guess the only thing I would say is the one thing that's holding back growth is people. We need more people working in this industry. I get calls all the time with, with from streaming services and studios and broadcasters saying, hey, Ian, we're ready to go. But the, the challenge is finding people, and it's no different in Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal. The demand for content has exploded. Um, I think it's been exacerbated by the uh, pandemic, which has, you know, has had us all for the last 18 months gobbling up content because we, we couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't travel. So all we did was binge watch shows on Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, etc. So the demand is, is, is very, very strong for content, which has created a huge demand on production centers such as ours. So we've seen a lot of growth in um, production volumes here. It's, it's been tremendous. Well, I know Manitoba reached around the 269 million mark for 2018-19 before the pandemic. Is there an update on what volume's been like lately? And let's talk about some of the productions that are shooting there. So I would say that 2021 got off to a really slow start. Our government, being extra cautious, elected to shut down our industry for a couple of months which I guess it, it sort of spooked the market a little bit because if you are trying to produce anything right now during this pandemic, it's, it's very, very stressful. It's, it's very expensive because of the additional costs associated with keeping your crew safe and the protocols, COVID-19 protocols that productions have, i.e. testing and PPE and all sorts of resources that you need to deploy. 
So that kind of sent a bit of a message to service production uh, studios, etc., that you know maybe we should just kind of wait a little bit and sort of see how things you know check out because it doesn't doesn't convey a lot of confidence when you 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 decide to shut down an industry where there were no major issues with with respect to COVID because of the protocols in place. So 2021 really started off pretty sluggish. Um, in fact, the project that um, I'm working on called the Porter was really the only one that was greenlit in early and actually it was actually late 2020. We greenlit the series because we really wanted to give the crew here some hope because because it was pretty depressing to be locked down and, and not have any work and who knew when, when things were going to get better. So we greenlit the series in December of 2020, and that was it. And we were the only thing on the board for a while until I would say about a month ago when things really started to pick up. And, and you know, the phone starts ringing off the hook with people calling saying, hey, can we come to Winnipeg? We've got a project we want to do. So I would say that, you know, if we didn't have the interruption, this year probably would have exceeded prior years in terms of production volume. But um, as it stands, it'll be a great year, all things considered. It, it could have been much worse and it could have been much better. But, you know, the good news is, is that a lot of people are back to work. Um, and that's really, really important. It was nice to see a lot of familiar faces today when we started to shoot the Porter and people were just grateful to be back at work because a lot of boredom and depression sets in when you're sitting at home and watching some pretty depressing news. There's nothing, nothing particularly exciting on the news over the last 18 months other than COVID stats uh, globally. So things have been great. Um, my understanding is that there's a ton of production in the pipeline for the summer. Um, and into the fall. And, and Winnipeg has gained a reputation internationally as a great place to make movies. So I, I only see things getting better and better for this, for this province. So let's talk about some of the productions that have regularly shot there. Burden of Truth just wrapped its run, but the cartel also has an office there. And I think they've been shooting about a dozen W network or Hallmark type movies there a year. Can you, can you talk a little bit about some of that activity? So cartel has, is set up shop here. I mean, they're shooting movies all over. Um, they're doing stuff in Vancouver. They're going where they can find a crew and where the incentive uh, incentives make sense. Um, they've been great in terms of bringing along some, less experienced crew uh that's kind of like a great entry entry level type production for people that want to get into the industry they're 15 days long there's three weeks of prep so they're really really contained and uh they've been very very good about taking on some less experienced crew and developing them so that's been phenomenal for uh for the city and in our industry similarly lifetime has been a big fan of, of producing movies up here. The economics just really work well here. Uh, Manitoba has probably one of the best production incentives in North America. It rivals any other incentive, uh, production services incentive in Canada, that I can say definitively. So it attracts a lot of business. You know, like I said, my big thing now is we've got to recruit crew and, and develop them and train them. and 
Um, I've been saying this in the media a lot lately that a lot of people that have sadly been displaced because of this pandemic will be happy to know that there's some really, really great employment opportunities available in the film and television production industry. So how was Big Sky Studios conceived and what was the trigger for you that said now is the time to get this built? So the story goes like this. In 2019, I made a movie for Hallmark called Christmas at the Plaza with a a, a super lovely and talented director by the name of Ron Oliver, who was completely enamored with Winnipeg. He'd never shot here before. And he was like, wow, this is cool. All he knew about Winnipeg is that it was really cold in the wintertime. And we have these lovely mosquitoes in the summertime. But he, he had a tremendous experience. I was struggling to put together a crew. So I reached out to um, some crew in Vancouver. And we brought in a key grip from Vancouver by the name of Tony Whiteside, who joined us. And he was truly enamored with Winnipeg and, and the architecture in downtown Winnipeg and drove around. And he was just like, I love it here. And I said, you know, Tony... There are a lot of great things, you know, Winnipeg and Manitoba is like the diamond in, in the rough in terms of just people don't really get the magic that we have here. The people are amazing. It's a really, really friendly community, which makes making film projects and television projects that much easier, right? When you've got a friendly, inviting community. And I said, you know, Tony, the one thing that we don't have that we've been really, really lacking is infrastructure. And he's like, ah, you know. Yeah, that's really too bad. Anyways, he went home back to Vancouver, introduced me to some real estate developers that are Vancouver based that are that are primarily residential, multi-residential real estate developers. They flew out here on a look-see. I toured them around Winnipeg. They looked at a couple of properties and decided that they were going to pursue a project like this. I helped educate them on the economics of the industry and, and what the opportunity was. And they said, okay, great. So they identified a parcel of land that they were going to build a new soundstage, like a completely from the ground up new soundstage. And I was like, okay, that's, that's great. That's one approach. And then one, one morning, like early morning, I was reading the news and came across an article about a a company that went into receivership and um, I saw a big for sale sign on the property and I I looked at the building. I'd never seen the building and I said, wow, this is an amazing uh, building that would be a great, great film and television production center. So I called up the guys in in Vancouver and, and they looked at it and they couldn't even come here because of COVID. So they worked with the, the real estate broker, put the deal together, and it took about a year to finalize the deal. They, they took ownership of this building in March of 2021, and now it's undergoing a renovation to be hopefully a really well-received uh, soundstage property in Winnipeg. So the site is actually the former headquarters of the Pinot Nygaard fashion empire. Take us through what the Big Sky Production Center is going to encompass. So it, it, right now, there, well, the, the building, it, it's quite unique, and it kind of lends itself to um, film production in a big way. I mean, Nygaard housed his entire head office. So all of his fashion designers were here, everything. All his print design was done out of this office. So 
it was kind of set up in a way that really lends itself to the needs of film and television production. But in a nutshell, the building consists currently of about 45,000 square feet of developed office, which may seem excessive, but in, in the world of film, film's a pretty big consumer of, of office space. And on larger productions, you can take up to 25,000 square feet just in terms of office needs. So there's plenty of office space for a larger project. In addition to that, there's going to be two sound stages within the existing facility, and then a carpentry shop, a paint shop, an area for costumes to do costume breakdown. And then the plan coming up shortly, the phase two plan is to build two 18,000 square foot state-of-the-art sound stages at the north end of the building with 40 foot uh, ceiling height, clear span, which is really going to be the, the centerpiece of this, uh, this whole project. And you were able to get this fully funded by that Vancouver-based partnership group. Correct. I mean, Correct. that's got to be unusual. Well, it's interesting because, you know, people, uh, I never really woke up and said, hey, I want to help build a soundstage. Um, this was a function of meeting the right people at the right time. You know, I, I generally try to stick to my knitting, which is really producing film and television. But this to me, you know, it's funny, there's, there's, this, con there's this misconception in the, in the industry here that this is my soundstage. This is not my soundstage. This is a, a legacy project. I've invested hundreds and hundreds of my time, my volunteered time, to help make this happen. And I've, I've recognized that in addition to having more skilled labor in, in our industry, we've always lacked infrastructure. We've had studios like Amazon, uh, NBC Universal that absolutely love working in Winnipeg. They love our crews. They love our locations. They love everything about Winnipeg. But what they've said to us repeatedly is you need better infrastructure. So this is me sort of saying, hey, if we're going to grow our industry, if we're going to send a message to young people that go to the universities here and the community colleges and the vocational schools, and we're going to say, hey, you know what? You know that, you, you, that dream you've always had about working in the film industry? Well, this kind of solidifies, right, that this isn't just, ah, you know, you see the trucks down the street. This sort of puts that the flagpole, you know, that, that this industry is here, it's real and it's growing. And hopefully it inspires a lot of young people, new immigrants to, to Winnipeg, to Manitoba, to pursue a career in film. There's just tremendous amount of opportunity. There's also been a lot of new studio activity in Calgary. And I'm kind of interested in the appeal of the prairies beyond cost. But at the same time, you hear stories about the industry being so busy here in Vancouver that you know, productions are unable to find support staff like drivers at reasonable rates. I think that's happening everywhere. I really, really do. I have to tell you that the recruiting piece of, of getting into this industry mystifies me. It, it's not so straightforward because it is unionized. But if we can figure out how to collectively put our heads together, there's no reason why we can't triple our workforce with, with the appropriate strategy. On this project that I'm working on right now, we've, we've really, really made a concerted effort to be far more inclusive than I've ever seen this industry. And I hope it's something that continues, that we've set you know, a tone for what I hope will be a new standard in terms of inclusion and diversity um, on film and television crews, because that's something that needs to, uh, to improve. 
You're hoping to be open for business by the fourth quarter of this year. Tell me about how interest has been so far. I think there's been tremendous um, interest in this project. I think a lot of people are, are waiting for the for the ribbon cutting ceremony. To be to be really frank with you, once the renovations complete, which is underway right now, there are people just waiting patiently to uh, to start booking. You mentioned off the top that there's obviously a lot of pent up production demand right now because of the pandemic. What are your expectations about? You know how big Winnipeg's potential footprint in the industry could be. I, I honestly think the sky's the limit. You know, um, I'm not playing on the name of the studio, but but the the truth is is that the only thing impeding our growth right now is one thing, and one thing only, and that's people. Because the unique thing about film and television production, until somebody comes up with this crazy technology to displace people, is you need people to make movies and TV shows, right? So that truly is, and I, I believe this to to be the gospel, is is the only thing holding us back is having people here, you know? Right. So if if you lost your job in another sector during the pandemic, how would you suggest people go about attempting to break in to the industry? It's 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 you know it's it's not an easy road in. I mean, and to be clear, like as much as I try and do as, as much recruiting and, and and training and developing, it's it's really not what I do. I'm, I know what I do, and I, I my job is to try and bring the work here. But I'm also very very um, supportive of this whole idea of, of training and diversity and inclusion it is so important not because of what happened in 2020 i've been a big proponent of it for many many years as people that know me will tell you it's complicated because it's unionized so you have to go through those channels the industry here is working on a labor force strategy to because they rec- we all recognize here that we need to figure out how to engage with our community and how to, to, to bring people on board. So that's that's underway as we speak. There is an initiative going on. I would say that, look, I'm not averse to talking to people about, about my experience and, you know, I want my legacy to be that I've helped train and develop people. That's really a big part of what I want to do um, as just a, as, a, as a person, as a human being. So I'm, I'm certainly happy to talk to people. There's an organization called um, On Screen Manitoba, which is uh, becoming more active in this whole labor force development strategy. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think that the time is, is, is people recognize that we have to change the way we're, we're doing things. Everyone thought and has continued to think that film is a secret society. But um, uh, as we sort of create more awareness in our community, young people, specifically are recognizing some really, really amazing opportunities. And we've had some amazing success stories of people that, um, like even on this show, that came from from places like Nigeria and were architects and are working on our show in our art department, drafting our sets. So um, I'm really, really proud of some of the um, success stories that we're having in our industry. Do you have a thought you want to close on, Ian? I would just encourage uh, people that that want to come here that they should know that we've got amazing locations. We've got talented crew, talented actors, and you're going to see shortly the latest addition to the infrastructure landscape, which is Big Sky Studios. So there's lots to look forward to in terms of what's happening um, in Manitoba. 
Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Connie. for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.